Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Here today, love, love that you're here. Uh, really, what we're about is this uh, relationship with God, continuing our relationship with God, a relationship with others, and then sharing our grace stories, learning to love and live like Jesus. That's all we're, we're trying to do. Keep it simple and loving and living like Jesus. So, we are in this summer series, and uh, we're talking about fruit. And, and we're talking about eating fruit, and, and the people eat fruit off your lives. So we're hitting different things this, this summer so that God might do something in your soul, that there might be fruit that someone will want to eat off of that you live around. We talked about chasing happiness a couple weeks ago, and today we're talking about mixing in hope in your life. And what we use is the analogy of a field. And when a field comes dry and less fertile, what happens is you've got to mix in some fertilizer. You've got to add some so that the lawn, the, the, the field, the grass will go greener and stronger. And as you apply the right amounts of fertilizer, as you apply the right amounts in the right kind, what you'll see is this growth. And that's what we're trying to do and we're asking you to do in your souls this morning is to... Take some time and, and maybe mix in some hope. Mother Teresa said this, we want to create hope for the person. We must give hope. Always give hope. This is a woman who gave her life for this right here, for hope. Why? You know, we look at this whole message series of tilling the soil and fruit that someone will eat so that others might know Jesus. Look, the reality is this. You are the hope, Christ in you, of this lost world. The fruit that they eat off of your life needs to be Jesus. Needs to be Jesus. So the question I've asked over the last few weeks, so what are they eating? Rotten bananas? Soft oranges? Or are they eating fresh fruit of hope? So let's start with what is hope. Because it goes across the board when we talk about hope. Most people understand hope as wishful thinking. I hope something happens. As in I hope something, as I just said, will happen. Biblical hope is the reality and not a feeling. Biblical hope is not something like, you're going, okay, I hope, that, I hope it goes, I hope it goes, I hope it happens. Biblical hope is a solid hope that you can stand on. I did this last week and talked about standing on the hope of the word. Biblical hope carries no doubt. There's no doubt with it when we talk about biblical. Biblical hope is a sure foundation upon which we base our lives. The hope of this word, biblical hope, is the basis of my life, what I stand on, what I believe in. It's what is true and what is righteous and what is good. And they are the promises of God. What is hope? In the Greek, the term for hope in the New Testament means an eager, confident expectation. A confident expectation. This hope of the believer is not only living, but it's lively. It is an expectation that God is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do in this word. 
that God is going to deliver you just as he said he would deliver you in this word. That God would bring grace just as he said he would bring grace in this word. That God would bring hope, that he'd bring peace, that he'd bring righteousness just as he said in this word. Now the word hope in the English conveys a different meaning, doubt. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I hope I get an A on the test. I hope she likes me. I hope he likes me. The word hope is often followed by so. This is not the meaning of the word used in the, in the Bible. That's not how it's, you know that, hope so. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've sat with someone and say, do you know Jesus? Say, yeah, I know Jesus. And talk about, where, when you go and, and we all die, the Bible says, will you spend an eternity with him? And what do they say? I hope. Come on, you guys, wake it up. We got hot dogs. If I'm buying hot dogs, you better wake the heck up. Okay? So, hey, are you going to heaven? They say, I hope. How many times have you thought that in your mind? I hope so. See, what I want to unpack today in this short time is so important, this theology of hope, that if you rightly understand the theology of hope, if you rightly understand what this word says about hope, it can literally change your life. Because as a church, we've sold a false set of goods on the word hope. And I want to give you some theology and some structure around hope today. There are three tenses of hope that we live in. There's the past hope, there's present hope, and there's future hope. And all of us live somewhere in there, a mixture of one or two, or maybe we live in all three. But if you rightly understand what God meant by hope, you'll, you'll walk in this hope and peace, and it'll completely change your life. See, our, our, our living hope is anchored in the past. Jesus rose from the dead. He's not here, it says in Matthew. He is risen. He's not in the tomb. He's not dead. That's the hope of the past. The hope of the present is this. Jesus is alive today and active, and the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. And the hope of the future is Jesus' is promise of eternal life. Jesus' promise of that no more pain, no more suffering. When you can look at the past, present, and future hope and start to walk in them, it'll change you. Here's the deal. This is how it, it stands. The past hope is the foundation. The past hope is a foundation that Jesus wrote. The present is what we're living in today, and the future is what we're hoping for. But it, it is key to understand of this, this hope anchored in the past, first and foremost. We have to understand that the foundation is always the most important. When you look at your house, when you look at the, the uh, uh, I was talking to someone, I don't remember who it was, about a week or two ago, and they're talking about the World Trade Center and the rebuilding of the World Trade Center, how deep they had to go to get the foundation right so that they could go as high as they were going to go. And it's true in buildings, it's true in your marriage, and it's true with your kids, and it's true in this word. The foundation is crucial in the lives of our children. The foundation is crucial in the lives and in your marriage. The foundation you build with one another, a husband and wife. The foundation as an athlete is crucial. You have to have the foundation as an athlete to get better and do what you're called to do. It's true across the board in life, and it's the same with us in hope. The past hope of Jesus rose from the dead. As I said in Matthew, says, he's not here, he has risen, just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Hope in Jesus. 
That's the gospel. The foundation of our faith. Do you know what the gospel is? Anybody know what the gospel is? The good news. The gospel is the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The hope in Jesus, this, this gospel, the good news of Jesus, is the foundation of our faith. Now let me stop right here and, and just clarify. Because so many times we assume as pastors that everybody knows what we're talking about in here. The Bible says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one in here, I know it's hard to believe, each one of you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then it says this, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, because you have sinned, there's a cost for you. Someone has to pay the cost, the price for your sin. And the Bible says that's death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says this in Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. When, when, when you come into this place and we talk about hope, you cannot have the hope that the Bible is talking about unless you have the foundation of a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do it. It's absolutely impossible. Romans 10.9 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, says you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's the foundation of all hope. It's the foundation of all that I have. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. So let's go back, and I'm, I'm, it may seem like I'm beating a dead horse, but there's a reason why. That this foundation of Jesus, if you don't know Jesus today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, there is no possible way that you can walk in the fullness of hope, the fullness of the hope that God called you to. You're struggling to hope. You're wrestling with hope. You want hope. All of those things. But unless you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you cannot walk in the fullness of the hope that God talks about. See, without the foundation of the gospel, hope crumbles. Hope falls apart. Without the foundation of Jesus, without the foundation of the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, without me having the ability to, I love to do this, to stand on that, that Jesus came some 2,000 years ago and died for me, a sinner, and knowing full well, looking in the mirror, who I am, that I'm a sinner, and apart from God's grace, I'm as bad and, and messed up as all of you guys. Come on, serious? Gosh, you guys are struggling today. It is, it is, without knowing that, without that foundation of God's word, everything else crumbles. See, it's this. Christians who don't know Jesus as the good news have no ability to live in hope in the present and have no ability to look at the hope in the future because they're struggling with the foundation. And when the foundation's cracked and you don't understand what Jesus did for you and me some 2,000 years ago, when you don't really know who you are, in other words, when you lie to yourself and you don't look in the mirror and you say, I'm a pretty good person. When you look in the mirror and, and, and you know who Jesus is, you know by God's grace and only by his grace is there goodness. Without the foundation of the gospel, hope crumbles. It's hopelessness. All my friends that I have that are atheists or agnostic, there is no hope. Now, they, they have 
moments of hope of, hey, you know, I hope for another job, or I hope for this, or a better wife, or that I better husband, or I get this. or the, They have these small little things of hope. But it, what they believe is when atheism, when it's over, it's over. There's no hope. It's dark. It's done. It's over. So if that is the case, who cares? If it's all over when, when we die, if that is it, who cares? What does it matter? What you say, what you do, how you live, what you think, what you look at, what you drink, what you smoke. What does it matter? It's all over. It's all for nothing anyways. It's hopelessness. And there's this, this whole world that's walking around looking for hope, true hope. And the Bible says this, you are the one who's supposed to give it. The Bible says this, church, you're the church. You're the one who's supposed to bring hope of Christ Jesus in you. The Bible says this, the fruit of hope should come forth from your life in such a way that your neighbors would eat off it and they go, wait a second, who's this Jesus? The fruit of hope should come off you in such a way that the people that you work for, the people that work for you are going, who's this Jesus? And what's this hope you talk about? Yet we live in a church where even the people who know Jesus live in hopelessness and go from not a big difference in, in a secular and, and, and Christian marriages. They go from wife to wife and husband to husband. They go from drug to drug and alcohol to alcohol. They go from sex to sex and next to next. It, it, there, there's, there's not this big... Why is that? Because they don't understand this foundation of Jesus. They don't understand the foundation of Jesus. And the hope starts with this foundation of knowing who I am, left unto myself, left unto myself, I will not love this woman the rest of my life. Left unto myself, I will not be faithful to this woman the rest of my life. Left unto myself, not so good. But by the grace of God and what Jesus did in my life, what Jesus rescued and did, I have hope. Not in me in Jesus in me, that I'll be married to one woman for the rest of my life, that I'll love one woman for the rest of my life. See, this establishes something that we have to walk in. The foundation of our Christian walks, the foundation of hope is first and foremost is the gospel, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's the foundation of hope that we walk in. Secondly, Hope anchored in the present. This is the tough time. This is the one that's, that's hard. This is the hope that most of us live in, the present. But the Bible says this, Jesus is alive. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your, head, your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Our present hope sits on the foundation of the past, the gospel, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and looks into the future. In this present life, we stand on the hope of what Christ did some 2,000 years ago, and we look to Jesus for our future. What does that mean? That means when you lose a loved one, and you don't think you can go on, you can't sit in the hope of this day or the next day. It's the hope of Christ Jesus and the future. 
that you will be with them again someday. See, see, the hope of the present when we, we go through difficult things just changes us. Hope and suffering, now let's, let's attack that for a second. Hope and suffering is, is crucial to our Christian walk. You want to know why? Because everyone suffers. Has anybody not suffered? And if you're not, you either are, you have, or you will very soon. Sorry to be so encouraging this morning. See, suffering is not an exclusive club. The, the lie that we have told in the church is this. If you run down to the front and give your heart to Jesus, your life will be great. If you raise your hand in church and you say, I want that Jesus, your finances are going to be fantastic. If you come up here just one more time and you give, that, that everything will go perfect in your life. And we've lied to the church. It's not true. It's not true. See, the problem with Christian suffering is that we have no theology for it. Therefore, there's no hope. The theology around it is out of Genesis 3, which says this. We're broken people. Genesis 3 says she took some of the fruit, she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband. And at that moment, the fall, that, that sin steps in, everything starts to deteriorate. Everything starts to break down. Everything starts to go sideways. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, the world went from perfect state to an imperfect state. It went from exactly the way God planned it to be to this place that you guys live in. See, the Lord cursed the ground in Genesis 3, 17, and the animals in Genesis 3, 14, and sentenced mankind to die, Genesis 2, 17. Everything started to deteriorate. So the disease that some of you have walked in, that is a result, theologically, of the brokenness of man. The affairs that some of you have had to walk through, that is a result of the brokenness of man. The bad parenting that some of you have experienced, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, the whatever abuse that might have happened from a, a parent that was supposed to cover and take care of you is a direct relationship to the brokenness of man in Genesis 3. The ungodly loss of life from brokenness. There's this broken world that we live in that we all experience. See, but this is, it's real interesting when you look at the theology of hope because the present hope is squashed between two things. The past of what Jesus did, died for my sins, and the future of what Jesus is going to do. See, too many of us live in this present hope and we're grasping for the next whatever the next thing is the next relationship, the next dollar, the next house, the next car. I hope I can get that. I hope this works out. I hope this job, I hope she works this way. I hope he works out this way. I hope my kids all make it. I hope, I hope, I hope. I, most of you know our story, and really this, this, all of this shifted in our lives in the last five years, this understanding of hope. I always thought hope was about now. Okay, God, I, I hope you make this church big and you do this and, and we can have this big building and we can do this and I can be this and God, I hope that we can have this house in California that we could, God, I hope, the, it's just the way that I thought. And then God started to strip. He took away the house. He took away the big church, beautiful building. He took away the stability of thinking that I was a, a great dad. Or 
He took away the security of it all riding on me. And, and as you know, I, I tell you about, uh, you know, out of that came a, 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 a grandson that was unexpected in high school. That is unbelievable now. <laughs> you ever watch, if you don't follow my wife on, on Instagram, you have to follow her because these videos she posts are unbelievable. But anyways, this, uh, this uh, hopelessness that we, that we walked in for, for a while shifted, and, and there came a point, and I've never thought this in my life. I have never thought this in my life, and I'm confessing right now. I've never thought, God, I just want to be gone. Until, I don't even know if I've even told you that. Have I told you that? Okay. There's a point in our lives, two, three years ago, I'm like, I just don't want to be here. In fact, that insurance policy is a lot more valuable than what, what I'm doing. I don't know if you've ever thought that. The pastor's not supposed to think that. See, when, when, the, when you're fed the wrong hope, when you don't understand, I've been in the ministry 15, 20 years by then, if you, when you don't really understand what hope is and you grasp messages of hope that say, hey, everything's gonna get better and you're gonna be better and everything, and things don't all get better, what do you do? And, and, and these things weren't getting better. And there's a point where God goes, look, you're looking at the wrong hope. I didn't promise you that they'd get better here, necessarily. They can, and sometimes they do. But what I promised you was an eternal life. And when you sit on this word of what Jesus did in your life, when he saved you by grace, and you look to the hope of the future, you can do this thing. See, and we've lied to you as pastors and said, just trust Jesus. Yes, just trust Jesus. But it's so much more than that. It is stand on who he is and what he did for you. See, no one can take that away. And all the craziness and all the stuff, that can't be taken away from you. And when you, when you start to look at the future, everything just kind of shifts. And, th- and there was a moment, and I, I was, I don't know, you know, where God, I'm reading, I'm like, okay, God, I, I don't know what else to do. And, 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 and God goes, look, you're in the hope of today that is Christ Jesus. But, but let me tell you, someday all this passes. And the pain and all those things. See, because what it says this. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. See, when, when you stand on the gospel, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and you, you set your heart on things above where Christ is, you can do it. Because you, you start saying things like this, okay, Jesus is enough. You start reading this Bible differently and go, okay, Jesus is enough. And, 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 and your circumstances aren't emotionally tearing you apart because you like go, you go to this word and you go, okay, Jesus, you're enough. And when it looks like it's real dark and, and you're not going to have what you need or, or things are going south, you just go, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do? Because you're enough. You're enough. And we're constantly looking to him, not at our circumstances that just throw us emotionally into these tailspins. See, wherever you're in the middle of today is only a moment in time. 
It's, it's just minuscule. I mean, it seems like forever, but it's just a moment in time. These scriptures, for, uh, Peter 1, 21, all flesh is like grass and all of its glory and the flowers of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. See, there's this hope that we live in today that whatever you're suffering or going through, you point to Jesus standing on what he did in your life and you can make it. And, and, and I, looking back on what I was thinking, I was like, gosh, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't need to be here. Um, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell because she needs me here. My children need me here. Some of you may need me here. Some of you like me not to be here. God, if, if you ever thought that and, and listened to that lie, no, it's a lie. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. And God can do miraculous things. Lastly, hope is anchored in the future. See, Jesus promises eternal resurrection life. See, let's go back. Foundation. When we come into this relationship with Jesus, when we come into this relationship with Jesus and we have everlasting life, and we sit in this world that we sit in with all the the waves tossing us to and fro, we can look and be anchored in the future of what Jesus promises, and we can look to see what he says. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death mourning, crying, or pain. The old order of things has passed away. Hope anchored in the future wipes away tears. See, because the reality is this. God has seen every tear that you've cried that no one else has seen. God has heard every cry of your heart that no one else has heard. And it says this. When we stand before him face to face, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Have you ever thought, I was wrestling through this eternal, it says it'll wipe away every tear. How do we reconcile all this stuff when we go and stand with God? In other words, how do we not have all the doubts and all the concerns and all those things when we're with God? I truly believe that this scripture speaks to it. He wipes away the tears. And, and, and there's, there's no remembrance of the hurt, the pain. It says there'll be no more death. There's no more death. The pain of, of losing, of losing a loved one, the pain of loss is no more. See, the hope of the future is anchored in this, that there's no more death, the way that God meant it to be, that we're with those that we love, and that that, that is not a struggle that we have. It says there'll be no more mourning. I don't know the last time you've mourned and that gut-wrenching, just mourning, where you feel you have no control, and there's just brokenness. The Bible says that when we're with him, there's no more mourning. We've walked in a lot of mourning in our four or five-year journey. We've walked in a lot of crying in our five, four or five-year journey. And when I think about it, I go, hope is future tense. It's, it's anchored in the future. And those things that are turned me upside down today, God goes, no, no, it's anchored in the future and what I have for you. And it says there'll be no more pain. There's no more pain, no more suffering. 
for the old order of things has passed away. So when we speak of hope, and when I talk about hope, when the Bible talks about hope, you have to have the context of the past, the present, and the future. You have to understand that it starts with a relationship with Christ Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When you understand that foundational truth, you can walk in the presence because you know you have the hope of the future, which is Christ Jesus, which is Christ Jesus. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. As you take this message, hopefully beyond hot dogs today, and you look at your life, Ask the question, what is your hope in? What is your hope in? Is it the next deal? Is it in the next relationship? Is it in the next fill in the blank? See, because any hope outside of Jesus is insatiable. It can't be satisfied. And the hope that comes out of this word and the hope of future, of what Jesus has for us, is true hope. Is true hope. See, the fruit of hope brings life to others. So my last question is this, who's eating the fruit of hope on your life? Who? Who's, who's grabbing that fruit on your life of hope and, and, and being satisfied? Who's grabbing the hope is it your loved ones? Is it where you work? Who's grabbing the fruit and eating it? So much so that their life is getting changed. Because anything outside of that is a, a, a tree with bruised fruit that's all about you. And this gospel, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is all about him. And us giving it to others. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.